We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Good news, everyone. The Porsche Car Configurator has now offered the Sport Design Package for your 992. So when you're on oh, the good. site for all of you that are doing out that. your new 992, I'm gonna go right now, yeah. it fixes the front end. And Chance brought this to us at our attention, as a matter of fact. Mm. So what you do is on Packages, you go to Exterior and click the Sport Design Package, which is a Porsche exclusive. And when you do that, oh, it man. fixes the front end and makes everything is all better now. <laughs> I'm thrilled to report this. Okay. I've gotten my spec up to $172,430 so far. And let me guess, <laughs> what what is that? Is it a turbo or what is oh, it? Oh, no, that's just the S. That's just... You got an S up to nearly one hundred and eighty grand. Maybe. I added the electric slide and tilt sunroof and glass and the sport design side skirts. That and, sh- honestly, I'm sorry. Um, that's absurd. That should not be possible. They don't quite offer the seven-speed yet, the, the manual transmission yet. You can only get the PDK so far. That's coming. I'm guessing the manual's coming. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having to rewind in my head. You got it up to what? $172,430. On a Carrera S. Carrera S. The not base a, price is 113 Not a 4S? No, no. No. <laughs> they're, they're expensive. I am flabbergasted right now. I, yeah. I have not used that word in decades. <laughs> I am flabbergasted right Words now. Words we don't use. Kumquat, festooned, yes. oblivious. No, oblivious is a pretty good word. Oblivious? Yeah. I have a list of words I don't use. I am. I may need a moment of silence for my brain to catch up with the fact that... I just thought I'd spring that on Let's you. Let's think of the other things that I could buy for $172,000. A condo. No, I mean, I mean I'm car, I'll stay with cars. Okay, all right. Come on. All right. I mean, Acura NSX? <laughs> yes, you could. This is just the base uh, I'm into. And I haven't two, actually... Two Lotus Evora 400s? Well, I haven't actually gotten to the carbon fiber bits yet. I'm, Stop it. I'm still actually... I'm, I'm about halfway done through the list of specking things. So yeah, they're they're expensive, everyone. Oh my gosh. It ties into the story about everyone asking us about inexpensive, fun to drive sports cars. Don't shop at Porsche if you're buying well, new. That's the first place. Well, to that's start. the conversation is, you know, are sports cars and these kinds of cars going away because we're not buying them new. We're waiting for them five. <laughs> we're waiting 10, for them not be a hundred and seventy thousand dollars for 30, a Carrera S. Thirty years later, we're, I might consider it. That's not right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would be stumped the entire podcast by this. You have completely blindsided me, and I am uh, horrified that you built that car. I, I'm about halfway. I haven't even gotten to the, the so, carbon just, fiber bits. Just you can close add. the browser, man. That's not. That's it's leading nowhere. It's a lot of fun. It's great fun. And you have to, sorry, and you also have to get a package to fix the styling. That's not right either. It's kind of like, well, hey, BMW does it because they have their competition pack, and that's how the car should come from the factory. This is true. You shouldn't buy the base hot M3 and then have to add three band aids on it to fix how it should be. Agreed. I will say this as a person that completely agrees with you, actually, in this regard about the competition pack, I will say this, though. If I want to play devil's advocate to my enthusiast brain, and it sometimes hurts, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Hi, welcome to the podcast, by the way. We're in the middle of a totally separate rant. We just start anyway, in the middle of the yeah, rant. Yeah, the rant was we've chosen to do now. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. The, the competition pack, I believe, is the way the car should come. However, you're not selling to just enthusiasts. And so for the non-enthusiasts of the world mm. that are buying the badge... They're and buying that counts more because for BMW. they can no, no, no. more? No, no, no. I'm saying that's why you can make a non-competition pack car. 
because they still got the M2. They still got the 911S. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people that are buying for the badge, and they don't need the performance that we get in and go, why doesn't this perform well enough? <laughs> That's why there's the we 911 have to get the Turbo band-aid. and it's the just, Turbo S. I'm, I'm sorry, but... I'm about halfway oh done my specking gosh. my car. I'm, my goal is to get it right around 190, maybe 200, somewhere around there, just for the... For an S. For an S. Can you believe this? No, I cannot believe we this. We haven't even gotten to the leather-wrapped catalytic converter option yet. Well, that's I'm important. I'm sure it's buried that's in there important. somewhere, because yeah, I somebody. need suede on my bits over here. I need <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy. Family podcast. Family podcast. Suede on your bits. It's all bad. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> got walked into Good night, one. everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Happy go out Friday, by the way. Uh, thanks for, for joining us on this ridiculous podcast. We have <laughs> we actually are going to do a somewhat normal podcast in spite of the way we've started here. We have two car debates. They're actually kind of quick. We've got one for Dave talking about a company car. I have your answer, Dave. And also Carl with kind of a personal family question that we've got to kind of navigate that I'm very interested to hear us both kind of share our own stories on that. And then after the break, we will do many because there are so many. We will do many, many many, many audience questions. Also, you may have noticed, we put a new well-produced piece on YouTube. We did. We put the the 2019 ZR1 piece on YouTube, and I'll be honest with you, we put it there entirely because we want people... That's a car we knew everybody would want to see. That's Mm -hmm. Of all the 13 Corvettes in the Corvette film, that's... All YouTube cares about is the brand new exotic hotness, so that's the car that matters. Pretty much, pretty and much. And we're hoping that it entices people to want to watch and know about the Corvette film. We hope you're seeing it. We hope you're telling your friends about it. It's reminding me again. I hate to say it this way. It's reminding me again that YouTube does not reward well-produced content. We've Doesn't, gotten some very nice comments. We've learned this. Please don't get me wrong. A while back, mm-hmm. but we're we're going to produce a video that will explain this mm-hmm. and drop this on YouTube. That will explain a little bit better about our thinking going forward with mm-hmm. 2019 and some of the new content that we will be putting on YouTube. Yeah, because I mean, there is a YouTube audience out there, and, and I know some of you watch the YouTube stuff and listen to the podcast. Those of you who listen to the podcast, let's be honest, you are more inside our heads. It's a scary place. I know you are more inside <laughs> our heads than anybody else because we're sharing our actual kind of real time thoughts. Here. But we need to explain to that larger YouTube audience, which is nearly a quarter million subscribers at this point. I don't know how many of them will even watch it. Normally, we watch it, drop a video like this, and about mm-hmm. 5,000 people watch it. Right, but those right. 5,000 people need to know what our approach is going forward, <laughs> all the platforms we can get stuff on. Because if you don't listen to the podcast, you just don't know. Guys, our uh, season four on Motor Trend Network has begun already. We are coming up as of this Saturday, well, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We will have episode two, and so what we're doing is populating some content from season three, and then the new content will be starting uh, just another couple of weeks here. First weekend of February. Honest, look, look. here's the candid conversation. We were talking about uh, being honest with you guys. This is so I have time to edit. It's really been because of <laughs> Honestly, a because lot of, of things. the Corvette film. The Corvette film. <laughs> took so much time to edit. The got everything yeah. backed up, to be honest. Yeah. And it's been, it's been a decision on our part. But they were ep- actually episodes that played really well mm-hmm. and I think will continue to do well on Motor Trend Network. Yes. T- tomorrow, Saturday, should be the Civic Type R. Yes. Versus the Focus RS, yes. which is a really cool piece and a burned-out moonscape. It's actually a very fun piece. I really like how that one turned out. That played well last year. Yeah. Uh, so that last season. So that'll be back. Uh, next week will be the Mustangs. And the week after that is the Moab piece that, honestly, I am yet to meet a person that did not tell me how much they liked the Moab piece. It very played much different. better than I expected. Very different very cool. for us. And then we fun. are straight into the brand-new stuff for Season 4. Uh, also, I have heard from many of you things like, 
Hey, I can get the Motor Trend channel on PlayStation View. Hey, I can find it on Hulu. Oh, yeah. All of these places please, are possible. Please explain this again, though, because we're, we're continuing oh. to get questions. And just to reiterate real quickly about finding us on <laughs> on Motor Trend, you want, being on the Motor Trend network. I'm sorry. You want me to explain this? Because I don't know that I understand this. I mean, I'll tell you what I under, what I know. Let, let's say what we know. There's a, there's a lot of fog in this story, there ladies is. and gentlemen. Uh, discovery. Okay. Settle in, kids. Settle it it gets ugly uh no discovery bought the motor trend parent company along with like the scripts network and a couple other things the scripts last network year. covered food network mm-hmm. and hgtv so they bought a lot of things last year they are Min. massively resettling things and still honestly by their own admission still figuring a lot of stuff out but as a result I mean, they the have rebranded with matching jobs like wait you have my job i have your job uh-huh. wait guess who's, what who's happens there be? oh yeah no. one of you no longer has a job sorry yeah. welcome to tuesday that's all bad uh anyway so as a result, they are rebranding or have rebranded Velocity as the Motor Trend uh, Network or the Motor Trend Channel because Motor Trend has better name recognition. That's the bottom line reason for why they did that. They also, as a part of this merger, were excited about the fact that Motor Trend has their Motor Trend On Demand, which is their streaming app. Right, that, right. Uh, something like 160 or 180,000 people pay five bucks a month. Do that math real quick and see what that figure is. It's a scary number of zeros and commas, but but those people pay <laughs> pay per month. And Velocity did not have a very good web presence, so this allows them instant web presence. Now here's where this gets weird in relation right. to us. Right. We everyday driver are independent producers on Motor Trend. The same way we were independent producers on Velocity. From our perspective as creators, nothing in our pipeline actually changed, but the channel name changed. As a result, Discovery doesn't own our show. They've never owned our show. Right, right. Now, we are in the process of working on some international distribution deals. There will be some Discovery parent channels overseas that will start airing our TV episodes. Surprise! So that will happen too, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're looking into that. But but that's all still pending going forward. But Discovery does not own our show. So they license our show or you know we syndicate with them. That's how our show gets seen on Discovery. As a result of that, it doesn't get rerun and it doesn't wind up on the app. Well... What does happen, this means that we can push this to Vimeo and Amazon Prime. True, so that's true, what we've true. done. Yeah, so this, yeah, yeah. this is why you can find our episodes and seasons on Amazon Prime a little bit later. And so mm-hmm. we'll let things run on on cable. And, you know, that's that's our, our platform there on Saturday mornings. Yeah, yeah, By yeah. the way, that is 7.30 Eastern on Saturday, 5.30 Mountain where we are, and 4.30 a.m. Pacific. So please set your DVR. We know it's yes. early. Well, but it still does count. We've explained the Nielsen ratings before. Totally. It still does count. Plus totally. three and plus seven are the numbers to remember there. Mm-hmm. So whenever you watch that. But yes, that means we own the content. So we can push it to Amazon. Mm-hmm. And that's where it lives indefinitely. Yes. And here's the other thing to keep in mind. It's amazing how much, I mean, on one level you could say, okay, cable is old tech. Yes, but at the same time, these cable channels, I'm just saying it, PlayStation View, you can get the Motor Trend channel. And I don't Mm -hmm. mean the Motor Trend app. You can get that stuff too, but I'm talking the channel. You can look it up on your guide. You can do it the same way through Hulu. So a lot of these cable networks now you can see other places and not have a cable connection. So if you're looking for us, you can find us. We are right, we're week two of 13 weeks of season four. We go all the way through March. We'd love to have you with us. If you're watching the show, we'd love for you to tell a friend, uh, tell us about it. 
EverydayDriverTV at Gmail is the general email for all of it. We'd love to hear from you, and that's how we got these car debates in. By the way, thanks to our sponsors for television again this season four. We've got Covercraft and also Gria's Garage. So thanks to these guys for sponsoring the show and making it happen. The Detroit Auto Show is coming our way next week. Things are happening, and Toyota has actually announced a specific reveal date. If you haven't been aware of this already, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is Monday morning, January 14th. So if you're behind on your podcast, that's totally fine. It's coming (laughs) your way. But it's okay. And you will see see it it anyway. But the Toyota Super is finally. This was announced by Toyota. So Monday morning, Mm -hmm. and then our podcast for next week. That'll start Tuesday again. But I'm really excited. I'm. I'm excited to read everything, and we'll do a little bit of a debrief on the Detroit Auto Show reveals next week. So the next few podcasts, we'll talk about things. But as Todd said, we do have a couple of debates that we're going to get to. First from Dave M., who is writing about choosing a company car. Mm -hmm. We have alluded to this before in some emails, I think, in the past, where people have had the choice. But I've never seen as large of a choice as Dave has. A big range. Normally people say, we've got to commu- I've, I've got to pick a company car and I can pick between this or this. That's the, the list I normally hear. We're either doing all of Ford Fusions or, by the way, you can get a Volvo. I mean, it's these things that we normally hear. Uh, Dave has, what is this, seven options? Seven, and they're all 2019 brand new mm-hmm. cars. Mm-hmm. Well, SUVs, uh, kind of a mix in there. It is a mix, yeah. And so I want to run through this list and talk about a few more than others. Well, and he's asking us, what do you think I should take of these seven? If this is my yeah. company car, where should I go? And I think it's fascinating that the list is even this big to begin with. Yeah. And he's got his choices here. He's saying comfort is important. He drives a lot for work. Mm-hmm. He needs space. He needs comfort for passengers. But he wants something that is fun to drive, which yeah. is Dave, thank you for writing. This is why you wrote to us. His wife drives a 2015 Ford Explorer Sport, and their fun car is a 93 Ford Mustang LX convertible with the 5.0. So he says it's a built 5.0, 480 horsepower at the wheels. Yeah. Wow. Not okay. bad. Yeah. And he's out in Missouri. He says winners aren't too bad. He's got a 15-year-old daughter and a 65-pound lab named Kona, and both of these are frequent passengers. But he's a kid at heart. He needs something fun. And how can we make the choices of these company cars the right one for him, the fun car? Even though, well, Well, none of these really qualify in our list. This is is the problem. But there is a breakdown here. I agree. Company cars, the last thing they're shopping for is... This is going to be fun to drive. You're going to love your new company car. No, it's going to run. <laughs> it's going to start. And we got and we got and we got a, a fleet deal. Yeah. And yeah. so here are your options. But this is this is varied. It, for is. these it fleet is. I'm vehicles, not sure what Dave does, but one, th- two, there's three, yeah. four different manufacturers. Absolutely, and seven cars. I mean, let's just start right now with he. The bottom of his list actually is the Volvo S60, the uh, Momentum the front-wheel drive version. He's actually had a Volvo before, so he's kind of going, you know, I don't want to do that again. Uh, two Toyotas, the Avalon Hybrid and the RAV4 Hybrid. Uh, I went I, to these I websites. Sense, I sent a comment. I sent I sense possibly even a rant coming there from was, you. There was, yes, there's going to be a rant on a few of these, but okay. specifically the Toyotas. And like General Motors, they have found shapes. Oh, they God. have found shapes. Shapes everywhere. Shapes all over the front end. Let's make a shape and put yeah. it on a swollen fender with a shape and topped off by, guess what? Another a shape. shape. <laughs> <laughs> this is car styling wow. at Toyota and GM, apparently. I'm, Did they get the, hmm. the sheet of circles? 
You know the little, you know the little, little sheet of circles. <laughs> the ellipse guides. Yeah, the ellipse, ellipse, there, that, ellipse guides. Thank you. The ellipse yes, guides. It's I just, use those extensively. It's a sheet of circles. They just got that width. I could put another one there. <laughs> they weren't so much like that. They were just invented shapes. They, well, the line could turn like this. Let's keep drawing. Let's never stop drawing. <laughs> don't take stop your, drawing. Don't take your pencil off the page. Put oh, it. Man. Wait, we haven't gone to lunch yet. Keep drawing. It's like the guy. Have you seen the guys in Japan that cut the origami from this single sheet of paper and they'll cut an entire theatrical scene. They'll fold it up and then they cut it out and they unfold it and it's the entire like scene <laughs> it's the last supper in paper it's yeah. like they've done that with a car wow okay i That's cannot believe bad. the styling although i will say the interior of the rav4 i was unexpectedly surprised and pleased with the restraint but that could possibly be because it's kind of an entry-level vehicle well and they, and they, ran, they ran out of styling they, they, hi- did. they hired somebody that was exhausted to do the interior just, like they were so exhausted to do the exterior we just make like, that straight steering wheel it's, with a thing it's just gonna a, be straight a dials we're gonna got it make some really relatable shapes here i mean i'm not talking like just hot dog shapes everywhere those are very relatable shapes but (laughs) they're they're interesting they're clean they're fine my eyeballs aren't you know on fire looking at everything because there's just so much stuff to look at So what you're saying is like a transformer film there's just stuff to look at everywhere you're not recommending the toyotas for our friend dave is this what you're saying well he's got the avalon hybrid xle yeah which has 176 horsepower by the way yeah, well, don't get too excited. Well, I'm sure the hybrid makes it feel like it's got more than that. Oh, but at I'm the sure. Same time, it's a front wheel drive, vanilla large sedan, and the Rav4 hybrid limited all wheel drive because hybrid. Yeah, everything's better in a hybrid. You heard yeah. that message, right? It's, yeah, but but for company cars, of course it is. Of course they got hybrids. Fine. The Avalon is. There were gagging noises this afternoon as I was looking at the website and going, girl, no, why? Well, what on earth were they doing to the front end? This was a case of the car where they (laughs) nobody stood back and said, you know, maybe we should go in a different direction because that's ugly. Nobody did this. So you're saying it's a no on the Avalon. I'm going to take a pass. Okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. I don't disagree wow. with you. I don't wow. disagree with you. I, I don't think Have either, you seen the new Avalon? I don't think either of them are the, are the answer. Bad on name, yeah. bad car. I'm sure it runs fine. I'm sure it's great. Well, and, Toyota's... Do, I mean, Toyota, a couple of years ago, decided, I, for whatever reason, they got jealous of Lexus, their sister company, <laughs> and decided, <laughs> Lexus has the Predator Mall. We can't do exactly that, but how close can we get to having That's some ridiculous what they're doing. origami-shaped front end on everything, whether it's, it needs it or not? It's bad, drunken... Mm-hmm. Origami at best. I drunken origami. Drunken I like that. Origami. That's almost a band name. All right. So the the Toyotas <laughs> clearly are out. You don't want to get the uh, the Volvo, Dave. You said you don't want that. This leaves us with four cars. <laughs> it's like a ska band immortalized in the form of a car. <laughs> wow. Remember ska? So the, the four we have yeah. left: two Chevys and two Mercedes, mm-hmm. or two GMs and two Mercedes. We have the Chevy Equinox all-wheel drive Premier and its sister car. Which I know the rant coming. The 2019 <laughs> GMC Terrain All Wheel Drive. Those are the two General Motors cars. The uh-huh. two Mercedes. I can't believe there's a I'm cars biting on my lip list. over here. The Mercedes Benz C Class C300 and the GLA 250. That is the base version of that CUV. Now we really, really like that in the GLA 45 AMG, which is the top end of we the do. range. We do. This sure. is that body style with the small four cylinder engine. The rant for the GMC Terrain all-wheel drive is currently on Instagram. Yes, we it is. Took from that. the LA Auto Show. Actually, you filmed me. I did. Because of the push-button transmission, GM has found shapes. They're inventing entirely different shapes. I didn't know all these shapes are possible. 
It's like a big ice cream scoop of shapes. There's a, <laughs> there's a dumped all over this go, vehicle. Scroll back this and find car. find oh. the Instagram. The picture is Paul kind of looking at camera while sitting in a car from the LA Auto Show because his rant does it perfectly. But to describe it to you, since this is an audio program, GM has essentially repurposed window switches. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying that, but this I can't is true. Saying this either, they are re- they repurposed window switches as the way you select your gears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's classic parts bin thinking. And I'm sure what happened is there was a meeting about we have to find space, mm-hmm. we have to get things off the console and find space. And somebody went, wait, 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 wait. I just had 14 cups of coffee. I've had an epiphany. What if we used window switches on the center console, repurposed them, and gave them the L and the drive and the, oh, you can shift it yourself by tapping this button. It is one of the worst driver interfaces I've ever seen. But from a product planning standpoint, somebody was very excited about the fact they found space. You know, I also realized that the social contract that you have with your passenger in the front seat with you has been ratified by the addition of these buttons. Because think about it. The social contract when somebody's riding with you is that they won't reach over and jiggle the gear lever. They won't put it into another gear. They won't shift for you. They won't do anything. They won't touch that lever because Mm -hmm. you're driving. Yeah. These buttons look like heater switches. They look like they could be a lot they of could, things. That's an interesting they point. They could reach over and just hunt and peck and poke a meaty right. digit in the general direction <laughs> of these buttons. You're right. And think, is that the what? I can't. I don't have my glasses. What is this? And stick reverse. Put Punch reverse while you're driving along. They could certainly change things. You're right. You make a very good what point. What happens then? You make a very good point. It's. They look like all the rest of the buttons. They're not unique. They're mm-hmm. not differentiated They're to say, switches. this is how the car moves. Uh-huh. Don't touch these buttons. Only the driver gets to yeah. touch these buttons. They're mixed in with everything else. It's just a free-for-all. <laughs> What's happened to the world? So, And then uh, there's shapes. Did I mention the shapes? Here's, here's, the, here's the, yeah. the sad thing here, Dave, is you've actually said that your top two of your list are the GMC Terrain and the Mercedes C300. I, I hope I hope for your benefit you mm. do not get the terrain because I will be honest, we cannot support you in any way, shape, or form in the terrain because we can't support the fact that they did this with the transmission I buttons. I can't believe this. There, to qualify this, transmission buttons have been around since 50s, 40s sure. maybe sure, sure, on sure. cars. Yeah. This is not a new idea. No. The Lincoln – sorry, the Lincoln Continental, if you remember this – it has buttons on the side of the stereo that are just drive, park, right. neutral. This that, is not that are a new idea. buttons from something else there, too. And guess what? Those are also this. abhorrent. But keep going. They are. The push-button thought, and then with electric cars. There's no, you know, it's a little tiny stock on the Tesla. Yes. It's a repurposed yes. Mercedes, actually. It is. It's a Mercedes stock, yeah. This is the direction we're going. Jaguar has the dial. I, I get that. But my point is, about the buttons, they need to be differentiated and made special. If they do exist as buttons... Okay, yeah, but let's call them out by virtue of materials or where they sit, where mm-hmm. they're located, because they're buttons. You could put them any, anywhere. Yeah, it's like when you're talking to software developers. The answer is yes. To can I do this? The answer is yes. It's software. Yes, it's yeah. software. We can do anything. We, can we build want. that out. Sure, we can. Yeah. Well, they're buttons. Good they point. can go anywhere. Good point. So let's emphasize them in a way that makes it makes them precious mm-hmm. 
and this is what they do, and they're not just mixed in with everything. Look at the buttons on a Ferrari Let's center console. have a console, hierarchy to these buttons. Or even the Alpha 4C center yes, console. Yes, exactly. It is an Good area that, that just says these buttons are about driving the car. They clearly aren't for anything else. Right. And it, it, right. It, the Continental or this GMC terrain, when you're repurposing buttons that clearly could have been four other things based on their placement and their mm-hmm. look, mm-hmm. and they just happen to interact with the transmission, this is driving-related, folks. That that just shocks me. So we cannot back you on the GMC terrain. But the good news is I actually think the only standout on this list is the C-Class. I think that's your car. Do you? I'm, I'm actually, even though, Dave, I know you had the Volvo before, that was probably the prior S60 because the new one is gorgeous. The interior it's, is entirely it's different. It's very nice, yes. These buttons and switches are curated. Yeah. They're, they're diamond tread pattern in the button. They feel like genuine, honest materials. Mm-hmm. The design is very intuitive. Looking at all these interiors for all these cars, Dave, it occurred to me that nobody has actually designed an interior to set and lock your phone into place where you can see it while you're driving. Mm. They're all tucked away up under the HVAC or in the center sure. console, yeah, 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 and yeah. there's a place for them, but they're not positioned and angled towards you. And you could make the argument that, well, now you're just encouraging phone use while you're driving your car. Yeah. I argue that you're already staring at screens in the entire infotainment system already. Mm. Mm. You're going to be looking at your phone already, so let's put it in a secure place where it actually is just an eye flick away okay. instead of right. actually forcing you to reach down between the shifter and down into the console to pick out your phone. And you know people are going to do that anyway. Sad, Let's make it true. safe and emphasize your phone right next to you. And part of the instrument panel is a shelf. It's a it's a little pad where it can, it can lay right there. You remember that one? Wasn't it a 430? There was a Ferrari, very exclusive version of a Ferrari that had no stereo. And in its place, they put a plug-in for like the first-gen iPhone. And it was out right. there in the I think it was a 430. Uh, but anyway, it was one of those. And it was a special version. And honestly, a part of me thinks, even though at the time I don't think it was it was a great idea, part of me almost thinks, like, that's the genius move now. Instead of having all these stuck-on nav screens on the, on the top of the console, why isn't it just a system to plug your phone in? Because this is where Apple CarPlay is anyway. Mm-hmm. You know True. what I mean? Apple, I, I actually like Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. I think that is... At the moment, the best solve we have on the fact that we're all phone addicted and shouldn't be looking at our phones while we drive. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, that when we've had press cars with Apple CarPlay, I genuinely like it. I like it enough. I'm seriously considering doing an aftermarket one in my wife's Cayenne. So it is actually a very cool system to solve this problem. But what if the console was no longer at all concerned with wait, what's our screen going to do? Mm-hmm. Your phone, you can have a little adapter. You have an Android, you plug it in. You have an Apple, you plug it in. And it sits. If we're going to have them sit on the top of the dash anyway, why not just make it your phone? I see where you are. I see where you are. I'm almost to the place where I can tell what app you're using on your phone by the way your car is acting. If it's kind of back and forth, <laughs> jerking back and forth in the lane, you're texting. Yeah. If it's just a slow drift back and forth, it might be Facebook. It <laughs> might be some website you're cruising <laughs> through. <laughs> I can tell what you're doing by what your car is doing. It's the phone drift. That's very funny. It's very funny. Almost. I, here's, the, here's the reason I'm saying C-Class. It's a genuine luxury car interior. Now, you're getting the base version and what you're going to get. You're going to get the base version. Sure. But if I have a critique of Mercedes interiors right now, which I actually think their interiors right now are really pretty good. They're solid. They're great. 
My critique would be that I wish the high-end models felt quite a bit better than the base. Mm-hmm, they look at sure. the flip side, though. Th- that means the base is at a pretty high end. The base uh, 300 there, I think, is a more interesting car than the GLA 250. The GLA 250 is not a rear-wheel drive. It's a front-wheel drive. The C300 is the lone rear-wheel drive on the list. Mm-hmm. You are an enthusiast at heart. You can have a car that is genuinely rear-wheel drive. I think of your list, the C300 is the one car that you can actually feel like you got a good on-ramp out of that. I mean, it's not – look, it's not an overly powerful car. a good on-ramp you know, out it's, today. It's, it's like 250 horsepower and torque. It's just under three – it's, it's a, it, like a lot of these. It's a wildly turboed four-cylinder. Sure. But you'll get decent gas mileage as a result. You've got a nice interior in the C300, and it is rear-wheel drive with halfway decent steering. I think that is the standout, and I think that's your car. Very much so. No, I'm, I'm definitely with you on the Mercedes. I like the Volvo and the Mercedes out of this entire list. The Volvo, I'm saying, consider it because it is a different car, and mm-hmm. the styling is very much updated. The interior is vastly different. It does feel like a high-end luxury car. Yeah, yeah. But so is the Mercedes. I mean, you get all the scrumptious Mercedes, everything you get in high-end for a lot less. And if it's a company car, yeah, that's what you're rocking. Cool. I hope I hope that we've helped you. And please don't get the GMC terrain. Uh, so I hope <laughs> that we've helped you on that. And uh, I, I, look, I'm sure the, the terrain is fine as a vehicle, but we just can't They're support this. They're all fine. Manage. This is the problem. Most of that list is fine. The Mercedes might be better than fine. So hopefully we'll get you into something halfway decent as a result. Thank you for writing for, to us on that. We're going to move on to another car debate before we go to a break because this is – not entirely a car debate. It's a question. It's a how do I solve this question? It is. And it comes from Carl S. who writes writes to us that he's got a family member in their 70s and mm-hmm. their driving is getting worse. Mm-hmm. A lot worse. And he says, I don't know how much worse I didn't realize until I rode with this person and they went two wheels off on the driver's right just driving straight down a fairly straight piece of road. And he says, maybe this was a one-time occurrence, mm-hmm. but... I don't think so. Yeah. So the question comes to us as, what is our advice for how to approach this person to get them to stop driving? This is rough. This is a rough subject. What is never actually covered this? What is we haven't? What is the the one step worse than a room full of rakes? Because that's where we're at. This is this is very awkward. Uh, Carl, I'm going to give you two uh, people in my life that relate to this. My father-in-law is almost 81. Mm-hmm. He's an acceptable driver. Not good. He's an acceptable driver. Hmm. However, uh, they have moved closer to my family, which I will not bore you. <laughs> Paul's laughing because he knows the podcast full of information I could fill on the good and bad of that scenario. Uh-huh. But yeah. But I have just, one of the rules we have all agreed to is that if all of us are going anywhere, I'm driving. Good. I didn't realize Period. that. I'm, Good. I'm driving. Thank but, you for that, by the way. But to my father-in-law's credit, he has realized that his eyesight at night is no longer good enough for him to be confidently driving at night. So he has already taken himself out of driving at night, hmm. which I think is interesting. However, driving, and this I'm going to get to my other uh, story in a second, the problem with removing somebody from driving is driving is a huge connection to personal freedom. Absolutely. It's a huge connection Absolutely. to, I would like to go do blank. Oh, I can go drive there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. whether we acknowledge it or not, even non-car enthusiasts that are driving right now, if you wanted to take their keys, you feel like you're taking away their freedom. You're taking away a level of their adulthood. 
my grandfather, I have one grandparent still living. He's in his early 90s. Still can't believe this. Yes. He's in his early 90s. Great. He's in, he's in a, an old folks home at this point. He no longer has a car. He had a car like two years ago when he finally had his last car. And my parents were starting to go. My, I mean, it's, it's my mom's dad. She was starting to really say to her dad, Dad, I, I, think, you, I think you need to be done. And it wasn't until he had one of those, I can't believe this kept happening, kind of wrecks in a parking lot. Ooh. It was the classic gas brake confusion. Oh, yeah. And he dented up somebody's car in a situation where he probably shouldn't have even touched it. But he dented up their car badly because he hit it and then he hit it again. And it was that whole thing that he went, I need to stop this. But a year later, he's talking to my mom on the phone and talking about how frustrated he is with the van at the old folks' home. And he's getting on this big rant about, I'm going to go buy a car. Oh, no. And she was like, Dad, oh, no. no, 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 please, don't. you can't, you can't. He didn't, ultimately. But for a couple of days, he was seriously considering buying a car again. Wow. So, Carl, my, I, I don't want to hear where your head's at on this big time, but my big headline, and I want to come back to it and unpack it a little bit, my big headline to you, Carl, is has this been actually spoken? What I mean by not stopping the driving, but have you spoken to this person? Has anybody spoken to this person and just expressed, I have a concern about your driving. Let's get the elephant in the room at least discussed because if that stuff hasn't happened, that's step one. You're right. Absolutely. It is. I, this is very personal to me as well, Carl. I, I, I could go in one direction talking about Paul Newman, one of my heroes. Mm -hmm. The guy was a race car driver and dabbled in acting. And if you haven't seen The Racing Life of Paul Newman, I highly recommend it. It's a feature-length film actually produced by Adam Carolla. Yeah, it's excellent. It's really it's good. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. He would wipe the track with all the young guys in his 70s. Yep. He was incredible. So that means it very much depends on the person. And what completely, you and I completely. both love about driving, Todd and I love about driving, is that it is a lifetime of learning. Yeah, for sure. It's a lifetime of opportunity to get better. Mm -hmm. It is a skill and to continually get better through your entire life. Whereas there's so many people who have checked the box. I can get in a car and operate the vehicle. I can maneuver the vehicle. Yeah, sure. I can steer around the planet. Yeah. My yeah, planet, yeah. my world, whatever that includes. Mm -hmm. I can steer and operate this vehicle. Then there's the mindset of you and I and everybody listening. And that is, I want to get better. I want to improve my driving skills. Mm -hmm. I want to continually get better. And that mindset carries through into your 70s, 80s, and 90s. My grandfather drove till he was 98. And then he decided, you know, I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> he had a new, another new car at 98, which is one of my favorite yes, stories. But he yeah, he did buy another one. So, and he bought the six-year extended warranty because why wouldn't you? Exactly. You bought a Lexus with a six-year extended warranty. Just because I'm 98 doesn't when mean I won't outlive this warranty. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so it depends on the person, but for most people that have just operated the vehicle mm -hmm. their entire life, and then when it comes to all those good driving habits that haven't been cultivated and the driving knowledge hasn't increased and gotten better over time, yeah, this is something you and I are constantly chasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting better. Mm -hmm. Always just mm -hmm. get better. And so I come to this personally because my dad is in a place where, due to health reasons, he is confined to an electric wheelchair, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And I, he's got a uh, Honda Odyssey minivan that's been completely modified. It's mm -hmm. fully automatic, mm -hmm. and he can roll into it. I mean, the door open, the ramp comes out, yeah. and he can back his electric wheelchair in, slide into the driver's seat, 
and this thing turns sideways. So then it'll turn and face the steering wheel yeah. again and slide all the way forward and down. And suddenly he's in the perfect position to be able to do that and operate the car. He doesn't have hand controls. He can drive normally, but yeah. he just can't physically walk anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've been concerned about how much longer is this going to last? Yeah. Yeah. And Which is valid. Yeah. I, I don't have an answer to that, but mm-hmm. he leaves himself a lot of distance and he's very cognizant about his reaction times. Mm-hmm. And I haven't felt unsafe driving with him. My, my wife rode with him and was actually very impressed. Yes. And it's personal mobility. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't seen any inkling of thinking I want to take that away. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you do, well, no good thing can come of that. Well, there's, there's, the person can begin to feel trapped. Yeah. So I have suggestions, Carl. Okay. And I, I want to hear some, more from I you. I have some thoughts too. Yeah, yeah. This is not an intervention, and it's not just an abrupt taking of the keys. Agreed. Neither of these will solve anything. Mm -hmm. What you need to do is start setting up alternatives. It's the same way you in your career come to your manager with three ideas in your hip pocket when you want to talk about a subject. This is now a business podcast. Look at you. Wow. What happened here? (laughs) I'm telling you, you don't just come into the office to complain to your manager because they'll say, well, what ideas have you come up with to solve the problem you're coming to me with? Mm -hmm. Come to me with solutions. Don't come to me with problems. Problems. So come to <laughs> this person with alternatives. You're working with their schedule and you're providing new resources. Yes, the car is going out of your life, but I've replaced it with friends, with an Uber, with this is why personally I'm very all about autonomous cars mm-hmm. for my dad. Sure. For sure. Yeah. My dad and those people everywhere all over the planet. What about blind people mm-hmm. who will be able to have mobility and freedom suddenly back? This intrigues the daylights out of me. And this is why I'm into tech and autonomous mm-hmm. vehicles. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be worked out. Of sure. course there yeah, is. Yeah. But in a limited way, because if you work with their schedule and you see on their calendar, they've got a regularity to it and they need to be here at this time and they play you know, poker with the boys on Monday nights and this is their schedule, coffee with this person, mm-hmm. lunch with this person, and yeah. it's fairly yeah, yeah. regular and you set up their schedule and you're intervening now with... A replacement. You've got it set up and you're coming to them with a solution. Mm -hmm. I'm taking this away, but I'm replacing it with this new solution Mm. that didn't take your mobility away. It just took you out of the driver's seat. Yeah. Okay. All right. I see that solved. You're you're, you're solving a problem versus just complaining about it. I see that in that regard. Uh, I'm not sure. Look, Carl, uh, you haven't said yet exactly who this person is in your life and you haven't, you know, said what level of interaction you're able to do with them. Right, so we're right. a little bit uh, in the dark on that. But I want to say, I like where Paul is when you get to that step, but I'm not certain that you're there yet. But okay. the thing I'm very, uh, I, I very much want to encourage you in, it, look, I'm going uh, to go to other problems for a second. Let's say you know somebody that drinks too much. Okay. Okay. You don't show up at their doorstep instantly. It's never been discussed before, and you're intervening and you're hauling them off to wherever. That, that's not that's not step one. We need to talk. It's, but it's not step one that you're just you're yeah. hauling them away no. to the no. to the clinic for the no. By the time you reach that intervention phase, many conversations generally have happened. Right. right. And there has been no recognition on the part of the person that they have a problem. This needs to be aired out, Carl, in the nicest way possible of just. I'm concerned about this issue that is your driving. I'm concerned about reaction times and visibility and age. And it's not just for them and you in the car. It's for others. Exactly. For everybody and, else. And here's the thing. I, 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 hate, I hate this line of thinking because at some point this is all of us. You know, Paul Newman's last time around a racetrack was done by his driver. 
Mm-hmm. It was late in his life, and he wanted to go around that racetrack again, and he got in a car, and his driver drove him around the racing line, and he talked him around the racing line. Yeah. That is simultaneously a fascinating, sweet little story, and really tragic, too, because yeah. he couldn't drive it himself. We're all headed this place. What's going to have to happen with the person in your life is they're going to have to recognize, as awful as this is, that this is that life is changing, that this is coming. And, and the problem is, as the body... I'm going medical now. As the body gets older... <laughs> it's been a recovery, business, medical... Yeah, hang on, little folks. life advice. Hang on, folks. <laughs> as, as we get older, our body is degrading slow enough that generally we don't realize how bad it's gotten. Mm-hmm. Okay? Sure. So sure. I think step one, Carl, is making sure that this person knows that you and maybe others are paying attention and are concerned. That doesn't mean... Because it has to stop right now. It might not stop for five more years. Sure. But that means sure. if this becomes a pattern, it's not a surprise to anybody that attention is being paid. And hopefully they, also an adult, can be in on the conversation about, you're right, I'm seeing a pattern too. Hmm. Guys, thank you both for writing. If you've got your own debate for us, TV at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website at the contact button under the About tab. We'll see how many topics we can bring into one little question and just and we'll go completely out of our realm of actual knowledge. We'll just we'll just riff because this is what we do. Speaking of uh, just riffing and and shooting from the hip here, we have so many social media questions. I've marked more now than I can think of. So we will do a break real quick and we will come back with tons of those. We all have a lot of to do lists and some of them get quite long, you know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. We're back, and there's no better place to start an absolute horde of social media questions than one that relates to where we just were before the break. Okay. Devin asked on Facebook, if you were to do another podcast that wasn't on cars, what would it be on? Oh, We've been good. on like 45 topics tonight already. We've talked about <laughs> yeah, we you know, interventions yeah, and uh, life advice and family and business, and I would do none of those, actually. I would do one on story if I could. Yeah, I could see this. I would just like I to do. I'd like to do a story podcast, and I and I say that in the broadest sense. I don't know, maybe I will I'd say it in the broadest sense of the word. I would like to do one that is, depending upon the episode, it tells a story, or it unpacks a story, or it talks about a movie and breaks it down from the terms of story. I am fascinated by story in all its forms. I mean, everything from, you know, the novel you you read to the campfire story you told, Hmm. to the guy standing doing stand-up. All of those are story. All of those, when done right, are story in structure. When I'm sitting and editing the show, 
it is a it is an issue about story. The joke in Hollywood, because it is actually right. The joke among Hollywood screenwriters is that the edit is the last rewrite. Because you've mm-hmm. had all these versions, we rewrote it, we rewrote it, and now the editor is sitting there with the footage we actually shot and goes, I'm taking that line out. I'm putting that line over here. That's a great point. I'm going to take this scene that you put four scenes in, but you know what? It's better for pacing to put it six scenes in. You wouldn't have done that on paper, but trust me now, that it's the last rewrite. I am fascinated by story. I am fascinated how you take a part and you move it. And And there's writers I, – I'm – I'm actually reading a Dan Brown book right now, okay? okay? Da Vinci Code author has one called Origin right now. Okay. And I'm I'm mixed on it. I'm already into a story podcast. I'm mixed <laughs> on it. Interesting. But one of the things I'm finding fascinating is that the guy follows his structure to a T. And as a result, he can drag out what should be three pages of content into four or five chapters. Really? Because he's just stringing you along. Just, 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 just come, just come here. Oh, did you notice how that wall is painted? Yeah, we're gonna move on, Dak. But hang on. But now that we're in this room, I know we're headed to the end of the hall. But now we're hmm. in this room. Oh man, it's like another chapter just went by. But he's following his structure and he's keeping you engaged. I could do seriously. I could do a story podcast. I Maybe I should. will. Yeah. Maybe I will. But that's there. There's my long answer, Devin. You know what fascinates me about the edit process is the slant that you can give based oh, yeah. just on our commentary oh, yeah. between the two of you, two, two of you, two of us. You can slant either of our reviews or either of our opinions of a car one way or the other, good or bad. Just taking these selects and pulling that, that wasn't my intention. That's not what I was talking about at all. I wasn't talking about that, but you've made it appear that way. This is the thing that we don't realize about documentaries. And I am a guy that actually likes watching documentaries, but I'll go back to a personal experience that that right now, more than 20 years later, I'm remembering. I was in a film class in college, which is eons ago. Dinosaurs walked the earth. Anyway. A <laughs> couple of years, right? Yeah, seriously. Leaded gas was still in cars. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't even that far <laughs> back. No, but, still but I remember car. I, was at a, I was at a fairly mm, sheltered college, okay? And we were all supposed to do little like five, ten minute documentaries over the course of a semester for this film class. And I knew a girl that was on one of the other little teams, okay? And she okay. was tasked as the editor. I was the editor for my group. She was the editor for her group. Okay. And I remember she got in a lot of trouble with her group because they were a bunch of, let's be honest, they were a bunch of pampered people in the South that went out and do, were doing a documentary on the local homeless. Okay. All right. And they shot a bunch of footage. And this girl is the editor who was... Not like them socioeconomically, okay? Okay, all right. She looked at the footage as an editor and realized, yes, there was a documentary here about the local homeless problem, but there was also a documentary about how clueless and sheltered and taken care of these local college students were in looking at the problem. Hmm. And she cut that. They were and probably her angry. Team was so angry, and I thought it was genius because she looked at the footage and she went, "The documentary you want to make is here, but there's a whole other, more interesting social commentary wow. documentary that you've shot as well, and you don't even see it. And I'm going to cut it together." Now, huh. they were angry. Huh. I don't think it ended well, but I remember being <laughs> fascinated by the fact that it's the same footage, but this is what editors can do. This is what story does. <laughs> All right, to follow up this question, we've talked about this before. I'm going to do a Watches, Whiskey, and Design podcast. And it's about... It's, We're drunk. It's That's ugly. Range. What time is it? 
No. <laughs> Come no, on. Come on. Not even a little funny. I would it's it's everything from <laughs> I'm making that shirt. It's just gonna have those three questions. You're laughing at me. We're drunk. That's ugly. What time is it? <laughs> Please listen. Please tune in. I'm sure you'll find it interesting. It runs the gamut from the guys who subscribe to Gentleman's Journal, the cultured guys, all the mm-hmm. way down to hey, I just want to have a beer and watch a cool thing and talking sure. with the guys and you, poker night yes. on Monday. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to run the gamut and talk about curation of things in your life and yeah. design and yeah. why you like that sure. thing and why you should be willing or why you are willing to spend money on that object that is in your life you would do that well. more so than other people. And delve into this. Why is some people's thing travel and they're willing to spend mm-hmm. a boatload of money mm-hmm. and they drive a Corolla and they travel and eat really well. They travel a lot because when they come home, there's a Corolla in the garage. <laughs> no, I got to get away. Got to eat myself. Pack the bag again. <laughs> exactly. Or you know what I mean? Everybody yeah. has oh, yeah, their yeah, hole totally. down which to pour money. We all do. Yes. Everybody has. And talk about all these things, the things that you just like that give you pleasure in life that you like mm-hmm. to surround yourself with and break down the design process and mm-hmm. from everything. Really, I just want to have all the sponsors, you know, send me samples of you watches have and whiskey. Sending and you watches and whiskey cool and furniture. And, yeah, okay, got it. Yeah. Just, you know, and then I can talk about them and share these and give it all away. The stuff you can do to talk about furniture has always fascinated me because I'm like, chair. <laughs> I'm like a caveman in a room of stuff to sit on. I don't care. It's a chair. You're like, yes, but have you noticed the influence? Of- no, it's a no, chair. No, no, no. The influence of the Spanish. And then sometimes and- I'll sit in the chair and he's like, these chairs are awesome. I'm like this chair is uncomfortable. He's like, yes, but it's no, but it's uncomfortable. So you don't want me on that podcast because that's not going to work. But, oh man, uh, yeah. All anyway. right. So question number two from Robert G on Facebook says that hey, we're in Germany. Theoretical scenario: we're in Germany mm-hmm. in the middle of winter, like Asking right now. For a friend. <laughs> You're 40 kilometers from Stuttgart. You've already been to the Porsche Mercedes Museums, Motorworld, and the Autobahn is endlessly backed up. What do I go do? As mm. a car person, what do I go do? And don't say go see castles. <laughs> I need cars. I need cars right now. I have your suggestion. Okay, great. Stay with me. I'm giving you an example. One of my trips to Italy, it has to do with small private collections or smaller museums or tour guides. And by mean mm. by tour guides, I mean the people, the guides that know people and know where things are at and have a lay of the land, the local tour guides. I found people from TripAdvisor and I had one tour guide. She took me to a farm that made cheese. And if you want, the website is hombre.it. Hombre Farms. Hombre Farms. Okay. Yeah. H-O-M-B-R-E dot IT. Go to this website, Please. or if you look it up on Google Maps, they make Parmigiano Reggiano cheese. They have a cheese flipping robot for is all this, the huge wheel of is cheese. Is this cars because it's a wheel of cheese? I'm trying to figure no, out the car connection. Because the owner, okay. Umberto Panini, has a collection of 50s and 60s Maseratis at his cheese farm. I did not see that coming. And it was this little unknown thing. They have a, actually have a website. Huh. It's Umberto Panini's car collection and on google maps if you google ombre click on the buildings not the <laughs> they're gonna have a spike not and grass. not know why they're gonna be like what <laughs> on earth they actually distribute in the united states the cheese is delicious they actually had a theft of two million dollars worth of cheese when i was there was that like three wheels or what was that I, I, it was like 12 wheels of cheese anyway is there, is there a script that was the the, the big cheese heist the cheese heist yes 2012 and it I, gets sticky I was there. sorry <laughs> gets tasty with a little honey and anyway some so this this website, so on Google Maps, when you click on there, you just hover your mouse mm-hmm. right over the top of this farm. Okay. 
the little photo of Maserati's pops up. You'd never, they don't announce that on the website. They don't allude to it. <laughs> pickle fork the mas- cheese. The pickle fork cheese. There we go. They're in there. They're buried. So my, okay. my, my thought for you is to start talking to people, start talking to tour guides, and I think private collections and the smaller museums of curated hmm. collections like people like Umberto Panini, who runs a cheese farm. Okay. That's where you need to start searching. And the search is going to be almost as good as the payoff. Interesting. And you may find cheese to eat. I'm actually wondering out loud when we have this question. I'm wondering because our our local track here that's now owned by uh, My Time or Geely does a thing called Winter Cross, okay? Yes. Which is the track is in whatever condition the track's in. Come do kind of an autocross on the track. If you slide (laughs) off, it's not our fault. My my question is, is there anything in Germany like that? What do the racetracks do in the winter? I mean, I know the ring closes. I think it's kind of I know the ring is completely closed. Snowblower race. Yeah. but, 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 I mean, our friends at RSR, actually one year did a uh, GTR pulling a snowboarder on Spa, that was which spa, is yeah. kind of brilliant. Yeah. My question is, are there any of the smaller tracks that do any kind of free-for-all, I mean, it's Germany, maybe not, but any kind of free-for-all slide around in the snow on the track in the winter? I, I don't know, but it's worth looking into because that might be a completely different part, kind of fun. You haven't lived till you've been towed up Eau Rouge on a snowboard by a Nissan GTR. Most of you us have, have not lived. You have not yeah. checked that box, baby. <laughs> you also might have died. Anyway, Sean Clark wrote in and asked a question. I actually have an answer for this. Remember when the PT Cruiser came out, sadly, and it was the thing, and they oh, were actually yeah. selling, and they were like having trouble getting enough of them in. They could sell them over sticker and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, then, of course, thought they were cute. And then it became Never a joke. Never tell a man his car is cute. That's happened to me with the Mini. But anyway, well. but, but, but then it became a joke. He's like, are there any other cars like that? And I thought of one. Honestly. Okay. Remember when the Beetle got re-released? The Volkswagen 98. Beetle, yeah, yeah. Like it re-released for the first six months to a year, it was like, oh, there's a new Beetle, and people were killing themselves to get those cars. They were all selling for over sticker, and they were just they were the car that turned everyone's head for like six months, and then it was like, why can't we sell these Beetles anymore? Because <laughs> then people started driving them. Well, and there's been questions about that. I mean, it's it's the it's the quirkier, not as fun to drive GTI underneath, but um, but or Golf for that matter. But but I remember that the, when the Beetle came out again with the redesign and mm. the huge amount of headroom and the bud vase or whatever that was, <laughs> it was a thing for like six months Cigar and then it wasn't holder, anymore. Bud vase, yeah. whatever appeals to you. All right. Well, a question from Barbara P., also on Facebook. She recently read an article about down badging, and she's heard of blacking out or removing your car logos but never down badging, which is essentially the the hot car that you own Mm -hmm. and kind of shying away from that and not acknowledging it, replacing it with the entry-level car badges. The AMG badge becomes the 250, yeah. So as a matter of fact, Barbara, this has been around for a while. You look on every car forum that you can imagine. Name mm-hmm. the car. Mm-hmm. Look on the forum. Yeah. Everybody discusses down badging with you know the SRT uh, Chrysler guys, the Dodge guys are talking about you know the the Demon or their yeah. Hellcat and they're down badging those or the Mercedes guys, the BMW people. Is this or, to catch people out? No, it's to not draw attention to your car. Oh, okay, but. You'll find hilarious examples like Mercedes, like the hot E63 AMG wagons with yeah. the quad pipes have a Blue Tech diesel badge on the back. You're going, wait, what? Well, but- a 1.9 liter with quad pipes? <laughs> your, wow. Your massive 
your massive low stance wide <laughs> yeah. fenders Dodge Demon is clearly just a it's just a With base two ninety five section rear tires or it's got a little neon badge on the back. Like, that's what I want to see. Yeah, huh, so that's a hybrid, huh? My all time huh. favorite actually of this was the joke version. Which was when I was in L.A. and the Volkswagen Phaeton. Cheap Phaetons. Haven't brought that up in a while. The Volkswagen (laughs) Phaeton was being sold new. And one of the problems with it was, why would you buy a $100,000 Volkswagen? And it was a running joke and all that kind of stuff. And I saw a guy in L.A. that had taken one and removed the badge. You know, because it says Phaeton right across Uh the dead center underneath the Volkswagen badge. Right across the dead center of the flat part (laughs) of the the trunk is where (laughs) where that was. Big letters said Phaeton. He'd taken it off and done this. I mean, perfect. Look, it looked, looked like it was from the factory. It said Jetta XL on it. So perfect. And I, I laughed so hard I almost had to pull over. I, I wanted to meet that guy so badly, except for the fact I think he had the hot one because he was gone, by the way. <laughs> he had the W12 but Jetta XL on the back awesome. of a brand new Phaeton, and I thought, you, sir, are my new best friend. Isn't it funny, though, how all the people with the actual entry-level models – Put the M badges, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that you've seen sure. the meme going around the internet, the Neanderthals who put M badges on non-M cars. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, then the, the people who actually do afford and drive the hot <laughs> they stuff, they down badge <laughs> it. They, they just put the entry level. And, yes, taking the badges off entirely is fine. But when a yellow 911 goes around you with yellow brake calipers and the sound that makes you think, you don't think I know that's a Turbo S? You, you don't think that? I... You know. Most people don't. Most people are just going, well, you got a Porsche. How, what a cute car. Yeah. Great. Yeah. We've got so many on here. Instagram, let's do a quick track, Daily Crush. You'll love this one. Oh, no. Dotson 510. <laughs> Dotson 240Z. <laughs> Dotson 2000 Roadster. Oh, yeah. The 2000 Roadster gets crushed. <laughs> you, Cubed. <laughs> we we I'll drove. Stir, stir metal shavings into my drink. We drove. Wow. That's that's some that's some hate. We drove a Roadster. <laughs> actually, that's actually one of our Fast Blasts on our channel. And, uh, and Paul, there's an example of two things. Paul mm. editing himself and then me editing him further. Uh, Paul doesn't like the car, but the um, the owner is a friend. So we and were And there's careful. legions and forums of people who do, and I yes. don't understand. And, and we had actually driven all the Miatas not that long prior. And Paul kept thinking all day, why am I not in a Miata? So he didn't like that car much. So I'm not surprised you're crushing no. that. Um, let's see. Track Daily Crush. Hmm. What kind of condition is that Datsun 510 in? That might be a cool daily. I'd probably daily and then that. track the 240Z. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I actually kind of like that Datsun Roadster. I have to be honest, but it is a tiny, tiny car. I mean, I know all of these are small, but it is a tiny, tiny car. And that was my overwhelming feeling when I drove it, even though I actually kind of enjoyed it, was that I was just entirely too big for it. And that's the reason I don't think I could daily it. It's mm. just being uh, some sort of Sasquatch in a vehicle. That's just not, <laughs> that's just not okay. Interesting question from Holt Nico about rolling coal. Do we think this trend has peaked? Oh, he why says, does this trend exist? Oh, well, yeah. He says, as a fan of efficient power, thank you, Gail Banks, I can't wait for this fad to be over. I love mm. diesels, but please stop needlessly polluting to make a point. Put the power into the ground, not into the air. Well, as long as stupidity and beer exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of, can, can you, are you thinking of the Simpsons quote? <laughs> no, actually, but The funny. Simpsons quote that is the alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Pretty one much. Of the, one of the most brilliant lines ever. It's less about rolling coal and more about just people doing stupid people being things. Jerks. Yeah, okay. And, it's just an outlet, like you said, for people being jerks to other people. That's yeah. just kind of where it has come from. And I do hope it dies down, but it's more about just the hoonery of it than really polluting. I don't think they care. It's more about, you know, 
covering somebody in ash and coal. Yeah, and and they seek out little sports cars, especially little Lotuses. I've I've been in that situation yeah. more times than I can count. It kind of shocks me. Uh, ZHP Dennis, keep in mind his avatar. ZHP Dennis, hmm. owner of a ZHP, maybe former owner of a ZHP three series. Yeah. Anyway, ZHP Dennis asks on Instagram, he's looking at the fact that a 2016 M2, the non-compact, of course, or the M3 non-compact are about the same price. Yay! Which one would be better for an everyday commute with the occasional weekend-spirited drive? He would be DCT because it's all traffic, which I totally get that. Uh, He's asking, which do we think is the better choice? Here's Here's the thing. About this, I think it's the M2, even though the M3 isn't much heavier than the M2. It still drives bigger. It's a significantly bigger car in feel, okay, okay. especially if you're coming out of that 3 Series ZHP. Yeah, the M2 yeah. is probably going to feel maybe a little big even compared to that, but the, the new M3 is going to feel huge. I think the M2 is the play here because it's going to feel smaller. I'm all about the M2, M2, and many of you have called that. It's I, I am. I mean, still the M3 is great. The M3 is flat out big in this current generation. It is a very big car. Yeah, and we're planning on getting in the new one, the G20, I believe it is. Sure. We plan on getting on that. So a letter and some numbers at it. It'll work. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's an acronym. It's a thing. All right, Jesus T is asking about the infotainment screens that look like just an iPad shoved into some silly putty. It's stuck in the dash. We're all bored. Yeah. He says, looking at you, brand new Ford Explorer, why are we moving away from the screen being integrated into part of the dash to just stuck in the top of the dash? There's been a lot of this. Mercedes is guilty. Mazda. There's a lot of cars that do this. And you know the discussion revolves around the floating screen and the floating look because it's just the thing you want to look at. And so it's isolated that way. I'm kind of with you. But on Mm -hmm. the other hand, think about cars from the early 2000s. They okay. do have the smaller screen that is integrated into the IP, yeah, and they're kind of clunky looking. And then how do you do that? The E90 series with the double hump dash, mm-hmm. not so good, not successful. Yeah, fair. I you mean, want this, that car without the hump. It's the a struggle. Hump. It's a struggle to figure out how to integrate this and make it look good. Yeah. You know, with the way phones are going, the size of them, emphasizing the phone integrated into the dash... I mean, no car company has yet actually plugged it into the center of your steering wheel or where it snaps into your dash. I doubt that will happen Mm, just because mm. of the complexity as far as long term. Well, regulations, but then long term, you know, phones change so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's a a nod to the iPad style, the tablet kind of style. The way we use them, yeah. And the way they're used, exactly right. And it just, it it makes the theme cleaner and then just a thinner looking pad that's floating i i understand the thinking but the execution not always successful it just seems to be that's the way we're going now if you're talking about the tesla and their 17 million inch screen which is a tv screen sideways it's a screen with you know what they gave you a screen and they included an interior for free yes they did uh, everybody stares at that thing will it continue to be modern and relevant and good years to come mm. Probably more so than others. Probably so. Yes, but it at some dominates point, the theme take over. and the yeah. styling. There's no styling there. It's just flat screen. Yeah. There's yeah. there's really that's all there is. Mm-hmm. So I think I would love to think that manufacturers are going to be able to upgrade things like that and replace them. I doubt it. But that look and the, the 
towing the line of mm. tech and it's kind of replaceable and it's kind of transient, but still make it look relevant for the future is where designers' heads are at. There was some car, I can't remember what it was. It was some car a few years back, but it probably been more than I think about now, where their screen on the dash was actually removable. And you could use it as like a nav screen to find a GPS location. You could like mm-hmm. take it out of your car and go with you. And that was taking it even a whole other step. Right. It would be nice to actually have it look good in the car. But that's the problem. We're trying to merge screens, which require you to not be driving, with, yeah. I don't know, driving. So it's very difficult to which make Which should be number one work. on your priority list. You'd think. When you're sitting behind the wheel, it should think. be number one. Yes. Like lipstick, Starbucks, cereal, shaving, newspaper, soup, and, well, your phone. <laughs> All come second after yes, driving. third, fourth, 15th, yeah. not involved at all, yes. Uh, Scott Berger asked an interesting question that could almost be a topic Tuesday, but I'm going to see if I can cover it quick. He said, "What? Who, who makes the enthusiast? He's saying, is it the driver or the vehicle? Oh. Okay. Okay. Is the enthusiast in a cheap Miata or a family car less an enthusiast than the non-enthusiast in the GT3? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say to you, Scott, there's there's a million ways to slice this, but I think this is the simple way I would say. Being a car enthusiast is not predicated on the car you're in. You can be a car enthusiast in a non-car enthusiast <laughs> car. And the reverse uh, is yeah. also true. See, yeah. lots of people driving 911s in Los Angeles because I, say, I used to LA? have a 3 Series and now I have a 911. And after that, I'll have a progression into something else, probably a Bentley because I have now whatever. Right. You can, you can drive a car for the badge. We talked about that earlier in this podcast. And you don't really care about driving. But here's the thing. I think there's a fun factor question here. I think if you have a true enthusiast, the better the car, the more fun they're having. Agreed. Now, I don't think better the car just means the more expensive the car. I mean, dynamically, the better the car. Yeah. You can get an enthusiast in a cheap Miata, and he will have more fun and get more out of that car than pick your luxury sedan mm-hmm. that is Decent to drive, but not amazing. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it's a lot more expensive, and it's supposed to be a sports car, and the Miata's more fun. An enthusiast pulls the most out of a car, and the better the car gets, the more fun the enthusiast has. Well, I mean, this enthusiast in you know a Toyota Prius will say, I'll surprise you on an on-ramp. I will be finding the limits of those tires immediately. I hooned a Prius on a back road trying to lead yeah, you, you guys back there for a shoot. Yeah, yeah, you did. That Prius has never seen that speed before, and it's a Turo car. <laughs> never going to be the same. I've decided, by the way, that um, company cars are the second fastest car on the planet. After rental cars? Uh-huh. Yeah, got it. All right, last question for me. Old Bacano is asking us, what's the deadline to get your questions in? You see in these super late into the evening and wonder if you missed your opportunity. No, you did not. And definitely time zones come into play. But the good news is if we don't get to your question, we're always looking at the back catalog too. Please keep asking your questions. Please, please, please. We love that. But we're also looking at the back catalog in case we missed things and in case there was some relevance there and we wanted to answer it. Definitely keep asking. Even if you're too late, don't worry about it. We'll still be looking. But yes, I definitely encourage you to please keep asking what's on your mind and what's, what's new, relevant. How is Bentley not profitable, Hollywood exists. I just read that the Bentley <laughs> has been told, get profitable in two years. Hollywood exists. What, how are you not profitable? Uh, well, you know, but they're not the, the Why aren't they right just now. turnover, lease? Come on, go uh, we'll get see. your... We'll see. Whatever's Bentegas and, oh, the Cullinan. 
Well, that's why. The that's colon why. is existing That now. exists. Uh, there are many Gag. other questions I could cover, but back to your point. Uh, if you don't see your question answered and you'd like to see it uh, answered, you can ask it again. We've had lots of questions that have come yeah, up because absolutely. they got asked three and four times, and we went, all right, I've got to get to that now. I want to hit uh, at least one more quickly. Uh, oh, man, 91 Dean's a great – there's so many great questions. Um, okay, okay. Adam Reiner is asking about having an 86 for a weekend drive. What if I put my wife and family in there? Will the car cease to be fun? You know, it'll still be fun on corners. I, I used to take oh, that sure. car out sure. with my wife and my son both in it. We have a great photo of the first drive we ever did with that. A lot of fun. There was cackling going the, on, I think. The, the problem is not it no longer corners. Now you'll feel the extra weight. It, the problem is not that it's no longer corners. The problem is the car's not powerful to begin with. If you add a bunch of pounds of people you're going to notice it's even slower. Right. But right. in corners, you're probably still going to enjoy it. Uh, Zen Lee asked about reliable used car with no warranty versus a brand new car with a warranty. Which one is less frustrating? Hmm. That needs to be unpacked a bit, I think. Hmm. I, but I, I think that the answer, uh, Zen, is somewhere in there about what is your, what is your tolerance level for things going wrong? Because you can have a car sure. that's got a warranty, but it breaks every other week. That gets a lot more frustrating, I think, than I have a really reliable used car that once a year needs something. How much are you prepared yeah. to have your yeah. life disrupted? Because I think there's a bigger rant here. I think we are none of us are ever prepared for stuff in our life to go wrong. Cars aside, you're saying. Period. Yeah. We're just moving along. Expect Well, I mean, Friday, this is going to happen, then that's going to happen, then there'll be Saturday morning. And what if the weird, unexpected thing happens where you get the flu? We're never ready. We're never ready for things no, to go wrong. True. So you've got to kind of figure out how, how to tolerate that. I'm into a well-bought used car without a warranty. And theoretically, you're saving money because it doesn't have a warranty, but mm. then you're planning ahead for the maintenance. And if yes. it's well-bought, it'll have the maintenance records Hopefully. and therefore have a little bit more comfort in your heart that it is going to be a good car. But the downside is you now have the awkwardness of the car broke, what am I driving? Whereas if you have a warranty, the best thing about a warranty, yeah. I think, is the loaner car. <laughs> Honestly, well, because you're not. No, no, no. They're the, not the, all good. No, cars. no, no. That's how I got a Corolla. I'm not saying <laughs> the car say. itself is good. I'm that's saying the not fact something that you to look forward drive to. your car in to get fixed and you so drive out still with transport. No, 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 no. Don't do My that. My goals in life wind up in a Corolla. Loner cars. I turned in a orange. The third fastest car on the planet, by the way. I turned unless it's a Corolla. I turned in an orange <laughs> FRS that I loved that I drove away in a white Corolla with a CVT that I loathed. Anyway, you had a lot to say about that. I remember that. Guys, really appreciate your questions. Like I said, keep asking them. We are definitely looking forward to next time. Cheers. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No. I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it. GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing. Um, you know, and I feel like... 
kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.